It's not what we don't know that gets us into trouble. It's what we think to be true that just ain't so. My fellow Missourian Mark Twain's comment about human nature includes the practice of medicine. In the practice of medicine, we are given opportunities every day to reconsider what we think to know to be so because clinical results, especially adverse reactions or lack of objectively positive results, it invites us to reconsider what we think to be true. The conversations here on Geological are doorways into other ways of thinking about acupuncture and East Asian medicine than you might have learned in school or currently use in your practice. Our medicine does not come from petri dish experimentation. It does not advance through double-blind studies. It arises from the observation of complex and dynamically interactive systems, as well as our part in them. The plurality of East Asian medicine and methods does not speak with one singular voice. Here on Geological, expect to encounter the wide diversity of perspective and practice as we share with you the voices of our community. These conversations are made possible through the support of our sponsors and members. All the sponsors here provide helpful services or products that you'll likely find beneficial in your clinical work. Please consider their offerings as a way to support Geological. And if you like your podcast conversations served up ad-free, then join up as a member for this and other perks. Hi, I'm Chloe Weber from Radical Roots. We love Geological and all it brings to our community. And so I'm absolutely delighted to have Radical Roots help bring you this conversation. CBD has been everywhere the past few years, and honestly, I've been disappointed with many of the products out there, which is why I created Radical Roots. We take a different approach by not only combining the Chinese herbs with complete spectrum hemp to create targeted formulations to address sleep, anxiety, pain, and immune support, but we also use a unique alchemical spagyric extraction technique that ensures that the herbs are bioavailable. We also take safety and transparency very seriously, so you'll find third-party testing available on our website. All of our Chinese herbs are sourced from Spring Wind because we appreciate their quality and their testing. As a practitioner myself, there is no greater honor than to have other acupuncturists choose our herbs for their patients. So please feel free to reach out and let us know how we can best support you. Check out our website at RadicalRootsHerbs.com to set up a wholesale practitioner account. Look forward to hearing from you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. AccuFast Earth-Friendly Needles heal both your patients and the planet. You probably regularly encourage your patients to get out into nature because you know the deep restorative potential of the natural world. Imagine sending your patients out into a beautiful grove of oxygen-exuding trees. Now, imagine that you've had a hand in planting those climate-restoring trees. We need both the yin of reducing our impact on the planet and the yang of actively attending to its restoration. AccuFast's high-quality needles and innovative packaging can reduce the AccuWaste in your clinic by up to 93%. And with the purchase of every two boxes, they plant a tree. Practitioners using the AccuFast system will contribute to reducing our profession's carbon footprint and plant hundreds of thousands of trees over a decade. Reduce waste and grow your forest with AccuFast and bring harmony to both your patients and the planet. Visit AccuFastNeedles.com slash GrowYourForest to learn more and calculate the positive environmental impact that you can make in your practice.
So if I want to work on fire at a heavenly level, what is fire in a phase relationship? What does that mean? It's to do with consciousness. It's to do with awareness. It's to do with all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And here it's relating the stomach and the kidneys. So it's actually to do with relating our postnatal chi and our prenatal chi. It's to do with making sure that our body is functioning properly so that we are able to receive consciousness and awareness, so that we are able to process stuff properly. I'm Michael Max, and this is Geological. The grass in the backyard was cut two days ago. Today, it's already looking shaggy and unruly. The flourishing of summer is no joke here in the Midwest. Viney plants are winding their way up toward the sun. There are riots of blossoms. The peonies are promiscuously fragrant. And the clematis, it's a firework display of purple, maroon, and white. Once again, the foliage hides our neighbors from view. The air is thick with pollen and humidity. The cycles of climate, sunlight, and temperature is a steady reminder that there are seasons to all things. And they change. You can Note those changes and perhaps use the momentum of the season to accomplish something like grow some tomatoes in the swelter of the coming late summer or decide to finish that lingering project before the season turns yet again. Here in the West, we say summer arrives at that moment when the sun has reached its apogee and begins its descent from the sky, but the Chinese see summer as arriving in the midst of what we call spring. Just like the new year is celebrated in the deep cold of winter, but in that deep cold, there is a turning. So too, the flourishing of summer starts to make itself felt around the first part of May. Here in the Northern Hemisphere, we are firmly in the season of fire, the season of flourishing and expansion. The blood red maple outside the clinic window has added inches to the tender tips of its growing edge. How will you use the energy and the potential of this season to sink your roots deeper into what nourishes you and expand your growing edges into the unknown of the outer world? We live within the great cycles of change that are reliably consistent and at the same time, the particulars of becoming are ever varied and surprising. The movement of the heavens and the cycles of the seasons on earth are perhaps the oldest source of humanity's stories, sciences, and speculations on the unfolding of the world, and more importantly, perhaps to us humans, our place in it. Today's conversation was sparked by some questions that I had from Deborah Wolf's talk on the heavenly stems. She's doing a three-part geological live series on the heavenly stems and the earthly branches. We have some recordings of those. If that's your cup of tea, you can check out the website for that. I had some questions, a few areas of outright confusion, and a couple of ideas about how the heavenly stems might be reflected in our clinical practices. But I wasn't sure if those ideas held water or were half-baked flights of fancy. So I asked Deborah if I could have an hour of her time to noodle through my thinking and perhaps clarify some questions. And being the generous person that she is, she said yes. I also wanted to record this in case there was something of value 
that came out of the conversation that might be worth sharing here on the podcast. And that is what you're going to have an opportunity to listen to here in just a moment. One word of warning, this might be a little hard to follow in some places if you've not spent some time looking into the heavenly stems. But I encourage you to stick with this conversation because while the content might be a bit slippery, what you're going to hear is two practitioners puzzling out the source code of our medicine. You'll have a front row seat on the process of inquiry as both of us at various times bump up against what we think we understand and find that there are some holes in our thinking. I think that alone is worth a listen. We reference some different charts and some quotes from the classics in this conversation. I'll have those up on the show notes page for you, so it'll make it easier to follow along. We all learned about the earthly Uxing, five phases, but I'll bet you've never heard of the heavenly Uyun. Xing and Yun, they both mean movement. Heaven and earth, they reflect each other, but they are not the same thing. If you have the feeling that we're going to explore some wheels within wheels, you're right. Buckle up. Here we go. We're going to dive into some uh, heavenly stems. I so appreciated your presentation the other day, and it you know, all, all through it, I'm like scribbling little things down. Just, you know, sometimes you hear something and it's like, I wonder if this means that or this sparks that. And does this make any sense or am I just making shit up? So. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Do you think it was useful to do the introduction before the STEMS presentation? I do. Mm, yeah. I think so too. Yeah, because if I, I just jumped in with this, it would have been hopeless. You know, it would be like... Yeah, it's like giving someone a hit of LSD if they've never smoked weed, you know? Yeah. (laughs) You need need a gateway. You were talking about heaven as being space. Yeah. And so does that mean that Earth is about time? Yes. Mm -hmm. I've heard this idea recently through... I can't remember who it was at this point. You know, but we're often thinking about time and space. Oh, yeah, you know, we're, we live in time and space. And we can sort of change our focus and look at space, or we can change our focus and look at time. They appear here on Earth to be like aspects of the same thing, depending on yes. what focus. Yes. So can you, in a nutshell give me a sense of like fundamentally what is space and fundamentally what is time i'm not sure i can do that um terrible question very clearly there is a really hard question and it's also a thing that i've thought about a lot because you know as i say heaven relates to space and earth relates to time then people always say oh but what about six climates you know that's to do with something that comes from the atmosphere you know so that that's a problem in itself, um, and but that's a different level. Six yes, is a whole, it, exactly. There's there's heavenly there's out. heavenly sort of space stuff, and then there's earthly within our atmosphere space stuff. If you see what I mean, and I think I think the fundamental idea is that 
humans are between heaven and earth. And so heaven, which is to do with the movement of the planets and the tones of the planets and the vibrations and all those things that work in a cyclical way that are to do with round things like space, mm-hmm. um, are describe our innermost core stuff. Um, that's why our Zhang store pure substances because they're heavenly substances, if you want, something like that. Zhang are a reflection of the heavenly stems. Yes, and you could you could say that. Yes, you could totally say that. Mm-hmm. And then you know, heaven initiates, that's like Qian, the first hexagram of the I Ching. Mm-hmm. And then earth responds, that's Kun, the second hexagram of the I Ching. Mm-hmm. So earth responds to the impulse of five and ten, to the impulse of space. And it responds with time, with six and twelve, if you want. Mm-hmm. And six and twelve don't move in a circular fashion. They move in another fashion, which we'll find out next time. Um, and six and twelve are, you know, if you want the the response to that impetus. So they're more like our foo, our six foo, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, as an example, something like that. Also, if you think about humans. And um, you think about a human, you know, is conception and then you spend 10 lunar months of pregnancy in the womb. You are in space, but you're not actually in time. So time for a human only starts the moment that you're born. And the moment that you're born is the moment that 10 organs becomes 12 Mm -hmm. organs or channels because the channel system doesn't actually function until the moment we're born. The, f- the moment that we're born is the moment that we have minister fire, Shinju or Shinbaolo or pericardium and Sanjiao, three heater, they clock in. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely going to be talking about this when I talk about branches next time. Okay. You just said 10 lunar months. And, and I'm like, okay, right. 10 heavenly stems. Exactly. Like, exactly. Of the energies. Yes. We're still in space because we haven't been born. Yep. And so we're forming those energies, those 10 months. We're in creation. We're not in created. Yes. we're in. Cre- I remember using that term creation and created. So, so thank you for that reminder. And also, when we look at our Uxing, our, our, you know, our, our five phases, when we are in the creation phase... Let me see if I have this right. We're in the creation phase. That's when it looks like a pentagon. And in the created phase, Earth is in the middle. I, I'm not sure that we can make those kind of uh, assumptions. Mm. But um, the the cosmological map of Wuxing has got Earth in the center. And that is the same as, for instance, the stem map of the sky, for instance, where you've got Earth at the center. There's a really fascinating um, book by um, Kistemaka, um, which is a it's a and it's called 
constellating the Han sky or something like that. It's a, it's a pretty rare book, but it's, it's brilliant because what it's looking at is it's looking at the, um, the way that the stars are organized in the sky. And that is seen as a map of the way that Han society was arranged. So the center of the sky around the polar star is the place where the emperor lives. Mm-hmm. And it's where it's where Beidou then kind of moves around it. And that Beidou is like the chariot of the emperor. And then there's certain areas like, for instance, in the mm, in the West, I think it is. That's where the um, the merchants are. Uh, and so the, all the stars in the West have got sort of merchanty type names. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm kind of guessing here, but that kind of idea, do you mm-hmm, see what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's a complete correlation between what happened in the sky and then the way that the society was organized in the Han on Earth. Um, they, there's also another thing which I haven't talked about at all and which is slightly separate to this and it's actually to do with nine and that's called the fun year system which is another thing where you're kind of correlating the sky the stars the areas of the sky the sky is divided into nine and then that's correlated to different states different Chinese states so that's also kind of a very well documented system yeah and also we could say this about um Egypt as well in ancient Egypt you know that there's the idea that the Nile represents is a representation of the Milky Way and then where the location of the pyramids and the sphinx the sphinx is specifically related to I don't know maybe Leo or something like that I can't remember exactly but it's a similar sort of thing so it's a thing that happened in early civilizations because of the fact that we looked at the sky and we completely related to the sky and we felt that what was happening up there was um, totally in charge of our lives we also try to um, physically locate locate ourselves um, and place ourselves with relation to what we saw in the sky. I think this is something that humans do. We do it on the cultural level. We do it on an individual level. We, yeah, absolutely. We, we have this heavenly impulse, or we could even yes. say we have an idea about how we think the dang world work, let, works. Let's call it a belief system. And now we constellate everything in our life around that because we're seeking some kind of order yeah that's right and the order the heavenly order or the order of the of the sky from shang Zhou, and then sort of really classified strongly in the han was this idea of this cosmological order where you've got the earth in the center mm-hmm. and then the four directions which were like manifestations of the center because you know you know and i know that already in Shang times, what became China, it wasn't China then, was the idea of we are the people of the center and then everybody else in the four directions, they're barbarians. You know, there's the there's the northern ones, the southern ones, the eastern ones and the western ones. They already defined them by the direction sort of thing. Yes. So, you know, already the, the, the layout was like that. Yes. Well, and that comes down to the present moment because even here in America, I have Chinese people calling me a foreigner. Yes. It's like, no, you're the foreigner. It's like, nope, you're the you're the Western foreigner. 
<laughs> yeah, and 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 China is the land between the four seas. So you know, China always defined itself from very very early on as being within the four directions, within、mm-hmm. the four seas. Even though there are no four seas around China, do you、yes. know what I mean?、It's、yes, yes, of, exactly. It's that kind know, of sacred idea, sacred geography type idea. And again, all joking aside, I think that is very intrinsic to being a human being. We define the world with. Us, this thing we call us, the meat suit, the you know whatever we call us, as the center. Yeah. You know, world's made up of all these dramatically dispersed centers. It's it's a、uh, it's a bit of mystery, isn't it? I think I think it's also a bit daft、um, because <laughs> you know we consider ourselves to be much more important than we are. And I think it's quite important to remember that actually we are just little ants on the surface of this amazing planet. To be honest,、mm-hmm. but there you go. So anyway, so space five, cosmological Earth in the center. Yep, and we're daft and we're amazing at the same time. Yeah. Right. Just like there's space and there's time. There's these. It depends on where you want to land your attention. You can see different things. Yeah. You can change your focus from the wide angle to the extremely narrow angle. Yes. Now we're going to get into other stuff here. I, I, I thought I was going to spend like two minutes on this, but、okay. uh, evidently I'm really hung up on it. <laughs> I, I was talking with someone the other day on the podcast, and, and they were talking a bit about something I don't know much about, even though I've read a little. I, I still can't say I know much about it, but the idea of like the quantum world—that that there, you know, at the quantum level, there's this. There aren't things. There are possibilities. There's not particles. There's waves. And and again, depending on what we do with our attention, we can perceive a wave or we could perceive a particle. And so, this also to me seems to be. An aspect of looking at time and space. In space, we have more particle and potential, and in time, we have more. I'm sorry. In space, we have more wave, and in time, we have more particle. Is that is that right?、Does、yes. Or or in space, we have a cyclical movement,、mm-hmm. and in time, we have a sine wave. And I don't、oh. know how much you've looked at these sorts of things, but something again, something that was a massive eye opener for me, and I can't remember exactly what it, what the name of the guy was, but it was he. I think he was an architect, and that really explained a lot to me. But anyway, if you have a circle and you have a point on that circle, and you move that point, you move that circle around, you just turn the circle. The point makes a sine wave. So a circle that is moving in time makes a, a sine, sine wave. wave. Okay. Do you see what I mean? I do see what something you mean. like that. Okay, great. That that's a helpful image. Heaven, circular Earth, sine wave. Yeah. Motion through time. Okay, great. I, I'm not sure how that's going to help me in clinic, and I'm not sure that how that's going to help me in my everyday thinking. But it but that lands for me, and it sounds right. And it gives me a place to stand, so I can explore it. Okay. okay. Well, I think a lot of this stuff is.、Um, my partner talks about me always going over groundwork, and from my point of view, if we can be clear about groundwork, then we're much more focused and clear about what we do in clinic, even、mm-hmm. though it might not necessarily initially seem immediately applicable. I'm with you on that. 
because there's something about the, the way that we are capable of perceiving if we have a wider or more flexible frame I think it helps us in clinic and I want to think like a Han or Tang dynasty Chinese medicine practitioner so the more I can immerse myself in my in this understanding in this mm. way of seeing the world the better I can treat I would suggest that if these principles are as universal as they seem, and if they are real, and I'm going to work under the hypothesis that they are, there are some reflections and resonances here that are real, then regardless of whether we're living in a Han frame or a modern Western frame, if we are connected to this, then we are connected to it, and then it can inform us. Yeah. That's my suspicion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, moving along, there's this thing, it's from the uh, Huainanza, Huainanza 3, mm-hmm. about the, uh, about Yang being like light and, you know, associated with the sky. And then there's earth, which is turbid and associated with, or turbidity and, and heaviness associated with the earth. And I remember you saying, talking about this in your presentation. And my first thought was, oh, it's kind of damp and sticky and gooey and turbid down here. No wonder it's such a mess. <laughs> right? And I mean, in a way it is, right? Living here in, in this earthly realm, it's messy, it's sticky, it's, you know, the word turbid I think is great. There's a lot of unclarity. And, yeah. and that's not a judgment, earth is bad. No. It's it's a description of the nature of the thing that we happen to be embedded in. It, you know, it's not saying, oh, heaven's good, look, it's clear, and blah, 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 and, you know, earth, you know, this gooey, you know, ball of gunk. But it's kind of helpful knowing, oh, yeah, earth's kind of a gooey ball of gunk. And it's also, it's a translation issue because, mm. you know, I use the words heaven and earth, and I'm not using them in a religious context, context and when people hear the word heaven, then they think that I mean Ta-da, heaven, right. you know, I, yes. I don't even believe in heaven. It means nothing to me in that way. I'm talking about these opposites that are like the the prototypes of clear, light, up there stuff mm-hmm. and space and dense, turbid, heavy, down here stuff. Do you know what I mean? I do. So I've, I've got a buddy. My friend David Toon, who I've known for years, we've studied Shanghai Lin together. He's been dipping into the heavenly stems and branches as well. And uh, so on occasion, we'll just pull up a, a Zoom conversation just to, just to chew the fat because he's in a different city. And, and one of the things that he's mentioned, and this really stuck with me, he said one of the challenges, he thinks, for us Westerners is that the heavenly stems and branches comes from the mindset of a people very different from us who have this Judeo-Christian perspective. And we can't get away from it. I mean, you cannot believe in God and you cannot believe in, you know, any of that stuff, but you can't get away from that we have this Judeo-Christian salvational mindset. And it Mm. permeates everything we do. And we can't bring this idea of salvation into looking at the stems and branches because it's just, it doesn't belong here, but it's easy to bring it in and sort of contaminate it. 
you can't bring it into any Chinese, let alone Chinese medicine thought. One of the reasons why I talked about this on a slide that's got the Tai Chi tool, the yin yang, you know, whatever you want to call it, symbol on it, is because I'm trying to remind you that I'm talking about what then we we then see as yin yang. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, don't get stuck on heaven and earth as having some connotations that that means nothing and also that's another reason why i talk about space and the sky and the planets because i'm you know i'm trying to sort of totally separate myself from these these things but yeah you, you know you're right we've got this background doesn't matter what we do right okay um moving along here let me take a quick look at my okay all right now we, we're kind of warmed up so I'm going to dive into this. I'm going to show my complete ignorance. It's so it's so great to sit down with you and be able to have this conversation, right? Because again, I, I I feel like I, I get these little pings of oh, there might be something here. So we have the Uxing, the five phases, and and we're all very familiar with that because that's what we learn in Chinese medicine school. It's one of the fundamentals of our medicine. Most of us have no idea what's behind the five phases. We just kind of take it a priori. Yeah, that's it. It's kind of cool and it's poetic and, you know, that's really groovy. What I'm finding and in, in talking with you is this stems and branches is the, you know, the dang source code behind it. It's like, oh, we can go in and like, if you were a, a computer person, you can like go in and see the code. You can read the code. You can see what's going on with the matrix. I usually tell my students because I see them at the end of their program and I say, you know, we've been pulling the wool over your eyes for the whole time that you've been at college. And now we're going to you're going to find out why the things are that we told you are so rather than just you taking our word for it, which is basically what you've done. That's you know? right. That's right. So there's the wishing, but you also talk about with heavenly stems, the Uyun. Here, you know, this is interesting. So, Xing means movement. Yun also means movement. Yes, it does. So, we have the five movements and the five movements. Now, we learn about the Wuxing, five, you know, five, five phases, five elements, blah, blah, blah. But the Uyun, that's a different kettle of fish. Yes. Right. So, I've got some ideas on how they might be different. I'm not going to ask you for an explanation. I'm going to throw out my thinking and and see and, and see if uh, see if I have this so the five phases are what we learn in school the uyun are these it's more the movements in heaven than the movements on earth does that sound correct sometimes I talk about them as being heavenly five phases mm-hmm Something like that. And they move differently. It's like like, like the, the movement characteristic is different than the five phases. So, for example, let me, um, let me scroll up to uh, this slide here, the Yun Paris. Yep. Which essentially is the co-cycle as we learn the five phases. Yep. Okay. But we look at things like yang wood, which would be gallbladder, 
going into yin earth, which would be spleen, and that creates earth, according to this diagram. Earth yun. Earth yun. Not earth phase. Oh, I missed that. Okay. Earth yun. Yeah. Okay. Earth yun. And then we have like yang earth, stomach, going into yin water, kidney. That is fire yun, not fire face, fire yun. Yeah, that's right. We say that wu, earth yang, and gui, water yin, share the same yun, which is fire yun. And it can be an active yun, that's tai guo, or a passive yun, that's buji. Tai guo meaning too much or buji meaning not enough. Yes, that's right. Okay. So, okay, that's helpful. Fire yun, not fire phase. Yeah. Okay. And if you like, if you look at the, the, the slide that is one, two, three before this one, that's got the pairings of that there, that one. Right here. Yep. This one's got the pairings. You can see that that's, um, that's wood, yang, jia on the top line. And mm -hmm. then on the far right, there's earth, yin, ji. Ji. Mm -hmm. And they're sharing the same yun, which is the yellow color. Yes. And then the yang one is tai guo. And the yin one is bu ji. So does this mean that that jia, or if we're bringing it down into like an organ, we're gonna we're gonna say the gallbladder. Yes, tends to be like excessive in its. It means that the there its yun is excessive. Its yun is excessive. So it so jia is an earth yun tai guo. It's more active. It over its overly it's it's yang in its in its movement it's tai yeah while g is in terms of sound or in terms of action it's buji but it's still earth yun yeah so it's like two sides of it's like um you're looking at uh, two cherries that are joined together it's the same yun yeah yeah one is more up it's like pushing, pushing, pushing. Mm -hmm. And the other one is more, uh, uh, uh. it's a little bit more bougie, something like that. So, but they share the same yun. Yeah. So just like when we're looking at something that shares the same phase, mm -hmm. you know, for instance, the liver and the gallbladder, quite often you have a problem that is in the liver, but it manifests in the gallbladder channel, for instance, because the liver might be insufficient but it causes an excess in the gallbladder, yeah? So right. that's the same idea of two cherries on the same stalk, two stalks with two cherries. One's under underactive, and it causes the other one to be overactive. Do you see what I mean? It's a similar sort of relationship, this kind of balancing relationship that we have with two organs within the same phase. We can have the same idea of, organs with this that share the same yun and you know like for instance an easy way to describe that they share the same yun and i was trying to say that this was this is really clear in the body for instance if you look at um gallbladder and spleen because they share the same yun which is earth mm -hmm. i mean how how unlikely is it that this this could happen in the body you've got 
Yang Lingchuan, gallbladder 34, and Yin Lingchuan, spleen 9. They are opposite each other, either side of the knee. Yes, they are. How weird is that? And then you go down, and then you've got San Yin Zhao, three, spleen 6. And then you've got, you've got gallbladder 39, which has got a variety of different names. And they're, you know, so one's the three-leg yin law and the other one's the three-leg yang law and they're pretty much opposite. Yes, they are. Okay. Beautiful. Do you see what I mean? I do so see what you mean. So it's not by chance. Yeah. And here's something that's interesting as well in terms of physiological function. That gallbladder is really important to digestion. The earth really needs that gallbladder to work well. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Resonance is all over the place. Okay. So it's very easy in my mind. I'm going to have to work on this. It's very easy in my mind to get confused between the, the movements of the Uxing and the movements of the Dayun. Yes. Okay. So that... I'm going to be on guard for that. I and I didn't have prior to this conversation. I didn't. I, I wasn't making that distinction. I I knew there was a distinction. I like sensed there was a distinction, but but now I'm starting to realize the importance of that. I was trying to show that there are different ways to pair organs. Yes, and you can pair organs by phase. We all know that, but you can also pair organs by yun. Yes. And the so, body seems to be constructed very much in terms of yun pairings, mm-hmm. but we just don't know, didn't know about it. So can you help me think about how to see the yun movements like in our clinical work? Can you give me an example or two of something that shows up and it's like there's a yun movement? Well, I'm not sure if I can show you a yun movement in clinic, but I can tell you ways that you can think about using yun because when you talked about the fact that they're um, going back to that that picture that you had there with the yun pairs, you know, the one that, that looks like a fight, that one, yeah? And if you look, it says yun pairs, mm-hmm. yeah? When you were trying to describe that, I said one way to think about this is that this is five phases, but on a heavenly level. Mm -hmm. So from my point of view, if I see somebody who is got an earth problem, an earth phase problem, I might treat their earth phase. I might do a stomach point, a spleen point, blah, blah, blah. And then if I see them again, and then I see them again, and I see them again, and that problem is still there, it's not moving, then I might choose to affect the earth on a heavenly level and affecting the earth on a heavenly level means using earth yun so that means using for instance a gallbladder point with a spleen point ah likewise if i want to affect the lung yun the metal yun are you talking about the metal yun i'm talking about I'm sorry. I'm talking about the metal yun. Yes, thank you. You know, it's it's so funny. You know, we use this shorthand, and and so often in my mind, I, I'm thinking metal, but I'll say lung because, of course, we preference the yin organs, and we use it as a shorthand interchangeably, very easily. I just did it. That's great. Thank you for catching me on it. I think we do this all the time in our clinical work. We we think we're working with a phase, 
but in our mind we're, we're we're using the organ shorthand, and then we miss out on everything that the phase has to offer because we're we're constricted to thinking within the organ. So super helpful. Yes, I'm thinking metal, a problem with the metal manifesting in the lung. So let's talk about it that way. Because you have a problem with the metal manifesting in the large intestine. So yes, manifesting in the lung. So maybe I would need to do something that's on the small intestine channel as well as the lung channel. Right. So there, what you're doing is that you are you are not working on the metal yun, but you are balancing the yun that is to do with the lung. That's a slightly different thing because actually, oh. what you're actually working on is on the water yun, and you're balancing it. So what you're saying is, oh look, the lung part of this pair is not working very well. So I'm going to use the other one, which is the small intestine, to balance that water yun. Oh, I. You know what? I was looking at that blue, and I I like translated that into metal, but that's water. Okay, so that's fine, fair, you know, and fair enough, because maybe and there's also a perfectly valid thing to do. It's a perfectly valid thing to do. Let's use me an example. Me and my dry lungs and dry cough, bringing some more moisture into the lung. Yes, that could would be, be really, really good. So you'd be using the water yun, so water at a heavenly level to help your lungs, and you could do that with a small intestine point. And with a lung point, because then if you use both, then that's even better. And obviously, it's the choice of the point that makes the difference, because what you're not going to do is you're not going to look for a super fiery small intestine point to help your lung, are you? Probably not. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Now, it, yeah. Now, it, yes. And thank you. So I'm, I'm looking more clearly at this. If I wanted to use the lung, I'm sorry, no, the metal yun. Yes. Then I would be using large intestine and liver. Which is a very common point combination. People don't realize that they're doing the four gates, for instance. So this is where the four gates comes from. I think so, yeah. If you've ever read um, Sticking to the Point by Bob Flores, he actually, and he's talking about point combinations, mm. um, he actually does have a very short section that says, oh, yeah, actually, there's these combinations, which are to do with, you know, some weird stems and branches thing. Um, and he's talking about exactly this point. Okay. So with that being the case, I'm, I'm one of these people where if, if I see something in this case, four gates. My mind goes to, okay, that's really effective and we know that's helpful. So given these heavenly, given these yun pairs, given these yun relationships, does that also mean that I could find a four gates that was stomach and kidney or a four gates that was urinary bladder and heart or, you know, as we just spoke, small intestine lung? It might not be called four gates, but, you know, the, if you think about the four gates, what do the four gates do? What, what, you know, what are they useful for? Well, we talk about them for relieving stagnation and dramatically moving chi. Yeah. So are they sort of moving and opening? They're dynamic. They're very dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. So metal, which is the yun here, 
if you think about what you know about metal in terms of a phase, mm-hmm. metal is about the surface of our body, the exterior of our body, and it's the ability to open to the exterior or close from the exterior in the best way possible. Yeah, like the pores, for instance. They open and close at the right time. That's a very sort of metallic thing to do. Yeah. So this is doing this, but at a heavenly level. So it's it's making sure that everything is moving and then expelling if necessary. Yeah. As we need or condensing and moving. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. That kind of idea. So it's still the whole idea about metal, but it's metal at another level if you want. With respect to the idea of having a four gates with the other yun, it won't necessarily be a four gates because it's always with relation to the quality of the yun. So if I want to work on fire at a heavenly level, what is fire in a phase relationship? What does that mean? It's to do with consciousness. It's to do with awareness. It's to do with all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And here it's relating the stomach and the kidneys. So it's actually to do with relating our postnatal chi and our prenatal chi. It's to do with making sure that our body is functioning properly so that we are able to receive consciousness and awareness, so that we are able to process stuff properly. Just like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit like establishing the um, that vertical axis, if you want, and you look at where the stomach and the kidneys are, you know, they're parallel, completely parallel. Oh, by chance. How odd is that? Yeah. And of course, you can, again, in the choice of your points, you can really do a lot because you could choose to do, you know, a stomach point at the top of the body and a kidney point at the bottom of the body. And at the same time, you're also working with fire fire yun so you've got fire earth and water all together do you see what i mean so there's a lot there's a lot of lateral laterality and different layers that you can work with and i really want to encourage people to look at the the immense possibilities that you have here because you know actually in chapters 66 to in 66 to 74 they don't tell you about point combinations at all, at all. They just give you like the broad brush structure. And I'm trying to look at how we can use this clinically. And th- this this is stuff that we can play with. We can really play with this. And it's really effective. Well, and it seems really fun and dynamic and uh, like intellectually playful as yeah. well. That's always fun. So, so in hearing you talk about this fire yun between the stomach and uh, and the kidney. My the first thought that comes up is oh someone de- who's dealing with trauma, someone who can't quite like work something through. This could be really helpful. It could be. It could be. It, I mean, it's something to think about. We could explore it now. In my very simple mind, I was looking at the four gates. Both of those are um, your end source points and thinking, well, I, maybe I could do your end source points, you know, for each of these. Maybe that's helpful. Now, when I start mapping them out, I realize, well, that's interesting. The liver and large intestine, hands and feet. The only other one that's hands and feet is urinary bladder and, and heart. The others are on 
like like the foot or on the hand, so to speak. So you know, I, I just look at that and go, okay, I'm I'm not sure what that means, but I think if you could work with hands and feet, it'll be more dynamic. And then I hear you saying, okay, stomach channel, kidney channel. You could pick something on the torso and something on the feet, and and now here we go with that that broad dynamic. So what I'm taking away from this. I could explore those source points, I could check them out, see how they work, but I could also explore all the way along the channel. Definitely. I totally encourage people to explore all along the channel. I, I am sad to hear that people do not learn all the acupuncture points. I'd be very, very happy to do something like stomach seven for instance, which is brilliant action on the jaw, on the ear, on, you know, on the eye, all sorts of stuff like that with some rooting kidney five. Do you see what I mean? That would be a brilliant thing for me. Or, you know, you mentioned the bladder and the heart, which have the same yun and it's a wood yun. Yeah. So for me, this is the most exterior, Tai Yang, and the most interior, Shao Yin. So what I'm doing there is I'm working with the back and the front or the outside and the inside. Yeah. And I also know that Tai Yang or the bladder channel, that's, you know, we, you mentioned, uh, I mentioned about the 10 lunar months of pregnancy and each one of these relate to a stem. It's not in the same order as the stems, but almost because the stems go yang, yin, yang, yin, yang, yin, but the 10 months of pregnancy go yin, yang, yin, yang, yin, yang. So the last channel the last organ in the 10 lunar months of pregnancy is actually the bladder rather than the kidney and so that's why the bladder has all those back shoe points that relate to each organ because it's completion it's it's like taking it all in and connecting everything up if you want so the bladder is very much to do with completing the physical form uh i'm just letting that sink in for a moment that just makes so much sense. It's, high, it wrapped, it's like the form is created in the womb, and then the Taiyang channel lasts to form, ties it all together, wraps it up. There's your exterior. There's your package. You're now ready to go out into this other world. You got everything you need, and you're a, you know, a formed and consolidated, coherent being now. Or at least have the potential. Yeah. That's really powerful. And I, and I love this idea of using these yun pairs to explore relationships between two different channels. I can't tell you how often I'm in clinic and, and someone comes in and I'm just scratching my head. I'm like, what do I do with this person? I mean, sometimes it's very clear, but sometimes it's really not. You know, and I go searching in the pulse or I'll do some palpation or... You know, I'm looking for a place where I can feel like I've got, it's like if you want to lift something heavy, you got to kind of root yourself and then you can lift something heavy. And, and when I do a treatment, I want a place where I can root myself before I start putting needles in people. And, and thinking about these yun pairs and the movement of the yun, and then I can take what I know about channel palpation and like you know, sensing, engaging vitality style, or, you know, maybe even finding something in the pulse that represents these. I, I just feel like I've got a, a place now where I can go when I don't know and explore. It's very useful. 
Oh, man. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Glancing through my notes here. First, thank you. This, I feel excited is what I feel. Like, oh, I'm beginning to get a glimpse at, at, at these yun pairs separate from how I think about the five phases. And, and, and I'm just beginning. I'm, I'm, I'm at that very beginning phase. You know, it's like when you learn a language and you have no idea what people are talking about and you have no idea what people are talking about and you have no idea what people are talking about. And then you go to the dumpling store and they say, chu lo shang. And you go, all right, go upstairs. I'm <laughs> okay. like, wait a minute. I understood that. <laughs> wait, what? I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is really helpful. That's nice, isn't it? It's like um, dreaming. Uh, you know that you've got a language when you start dreaming in that language and suddenly you wake up and you think, oh, my God, I actually dreamt in French. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's pretty interesting. It's a lovely revelation. It, well, it, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's a milestone. It's a little marker. Mm, it's like, okay, you've made definitely. some progress. Yeah. yeah. All right. A couple other different questions. I'm moving away from you in pairs right now. Okay. So there's this phrase, and it is from... The, uh, I think it's Suwen, where is it? Got my notes here. I think it's Suwen 66. Yang creates, Yin grows. Yang kills, ooh, there's that salvational mind coming in going, what? Um, Yin stores, Yang kills, Yin stores. Yes, and that's different because what it says is that in heaven, Yang creates, and yin supports yang, doesn't it? Or something like that. You go back, it's it's a slide that's before yeah, this one. Yeah. You know, we were at it before. There it is. It's the very bottom line there. Yes. It says, in heaven, yang generates and yin grows. And on earth, yang kills and yin stores. And I think I, I left that in because it's a thing, one of those things that, you know, those little niggly things that go around in your mind and it kind of bugs you a lot. And and this was the thing that bugged me a lot was that we always talk about yang and yin. Um, but actually, in our world, we're looking at things in terms of yin and yang. Do you know what I mean? There's some kind of it's, there's a difference in the order. Mm. And there was always this kind of idea that, you know, the things the way that things happen in heaven um, then sort of gets inverted when you see them on Earth. So quite often when you look at the duograms or the trigrams, then, you know, nowadays when we, when we look at the trigrams or the hexagrams, we, dry, we write them from the bottom up. But if we were in heaven, then we'd write them from the top down, something like that. So this idea about a different, you know, like a change in direction, in dimension, yeah, which um, I usually use, I usually explain like this. I've got a little video about this, actually, because I keep on explaining it all the time. So if I move my finger in a clockwise fashion, I'm moving my finger in a clockwise fashion and I'm looking at it from above, it's clockwise. And if I keep on moving my finger in the clockwise fashion, but I look at it from below, it's actually moving in an anti-clockwise. Do you see what I mean? Yes, I do. Yes. So although it's the same movement, the same action, it depends which side you're looking at it from above or below. Yeah. So in heaven, 
nothing happens until yang moves until yang generates until yang does something yeah and then yin supports that action yeah so then yin grows but actually in on our world on earth where we live then we store yin we don't do you see what I mean? Yeah. So yang is actually the opposite thing. It's the thing that we can die from too much yang. When we run out of yin, when we run out of jing, we die. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? It's not when we run out of yang. Well, wouldn't we also die if we run out of yang? Yang? We could. We'd be, well, we could do. But what we do is we store the yin. We don't store the yang. It's from the yin that you can make the yang. Like if you look at um, what is the fire of Ming Men, the fire of Ming Men is the fire in the water. So we have to have enough water to be able to sustain that fire. Mm -hmm. That's why we store the yin so that we can have that fire. Yeah. So we're kind of looking, we're kind of doing things from the yin point of view rather than the yang point of view. But when we're in heaven, it's the yang before the yin. So in okay. heaven, we say yang, then yin. And then on our planet, then we say yin, then yang. Do you see what I mean? So at the heavenly level, we're talking about yang, yin. Yes. And at the earthly level, we're talking about yin, yang. I think so, yeah. Okay, which I think is a really helpful way to remind us, don't confuse the movement and influence of heaven with the experience and unfolding of earth. They are macrocosm and microcosm. They reflect each other, but they are not the same thing. No, they're in constant interaction. You know, but remember that I said when I talked about the stems just now and at the beginning and we were talking about the stems and I said, heaven, it moves in cycles, it relates to five and ten, and it's the initiator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then earth it moves in these kind of sort of sine wave things and it responds to what heaven sends it, mm -hmm. if you want. Yeah, that kind of idea. So I want to come back to this thing about yarn kills in just a moment. But first, I, I want to talk a little bit about consciousness. I, I don't delve into this realm too often because I don't understand it too well. But what I, what's coming to mind for me right now is we talk about yang initiating and in responding. Could you say that when we use our consciousness and we like make a plan or we form an intention that this earthly plane will then respond to that intention or to that plan? I think you've got a translation issue. Mm. Um, so when an embryo is formed, when, um, when there is conception, um, I think it might be in Ling Shu 30 or something like that. It talks about the fact that two Jing come together, two yin things come together. And then the idea is that, uh, for at least for the first three months of after conception, you know, they talk about the gao paste and, you know, it's kind of like making this, forming this kind of like, um, unclear sort of thing that is like very pure but it's basically like super jing something like that and it's only in the third month of pregnancy that it attracts the shen into the body 
So until the third month of pregnancy, which is called the quickening, actually, in Western terms, until the third month of pregnancy, the third lunar month of pregnancy, that embryo has no consciousness, if you think about it in that way. So again, what you have there is that you store the yin and then that allows, that brings the shen, which is young, into the body. It's like an antenna. It's like, okay, I'm ready for you now. This is the one that's coming. Something like that. Yeah. You talk about intention. Now, intention, that's a very difficult word um, in terms of Agreed. translation. Agreed. Because Even if in you look at that word and intention, which we use to translate the word yi, Mm. which is the will of the spleen. And uh, when, I, when I talk about ye, um, I, I like to just point out, which is something that Elizabeth pointed out and has really remained with me, is that ye is actually yin as of the five tones that I've talked about loads here in the, in the um, stems presentation. And then it's got the heart underneath. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that ye is something that is resonating with the sound or the tone of the heart. Intention is not, I want, I, my will, I intend. That it's, a, it's the wrong translation. What ye means is the spleen is somehow the form, the resonance of the heart the resonance of our consciousness, something like that. And the spleen has this job anyway, because the spleen is the physicality of our consciousness. It's our body. It's our form. Yeah. And it's always in that place between the heart and the kidneys. It's on that vertical axis. The heart and the kidneys have got something to allow it to connect. And that's the spleen. Yeah. And the same thing with the will, the ju, the willpower isn't my will above anything else, the willpower is I'm rooted, I'm connected, I'm a plant, I am well rooted, I am upright, I am human, yeah, I am, you know, and I'm between my heavenly connection, my shun, and my earthly rooting, my ju, yeah, mm -hmm. and the spleen is between the two, it's kind of making that connection so that the willpower is then, you know, my will is, is then connecting with what my, my Shen says I should do. And then the Yi goes, ah, okay, I know what the, what the will is. I know what the Shen is. So now I can intend to do whatever I'm going to do. Do, do you see what I'm saying? So you're describing here our human capacity to actually be between heaven and earth. This is, it, it's embodied in us. Yes. Not just as an idea, but with our, our no. Shen and our Zhu and our Yi. Yes. And, and this that's is... That's all vertical axis. That's all vertical axis. Yeah. Okay. And if you look at lots and lots of um, Chinese literature, and obviously um, Confucian literature comes to mind, but it's not only Confucian stuff. I've seen Taoist stuff as well. It's that, you know, this idea about being an upright person, being mm. a correct person. Mm -hmm. It's not to do with oh, I'm really uptight. It's to do with being aligned with, you know, my 
my my jerk the way that I am built why am I my Ming men tells me that I have to do things in this particular way my Ming men is like my they call it the door of destiny and again that I think that's a stupid way of describing it it's my Tian Ming it's my heavenly mandate my heavenly mandate says this is what you need to do in your life this is how your life is going to unfold and I'm constantly connected to that, how my life is going to unfold, which is my jur, my Ming men, all that kind of stuff. And then I'm also constantly referring to the Shen, which is my heavenly, you know, light, my Shen Ming, my illumination that is saying, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. And if you do that, then your life unfolds in the best possible way. So it's not to do with my intention, do you see what I mean? It's not a personal thing. It's an unfolding of what I've been given. So I, I get that. And that's really helpful. And that's my verticality. Yes. And then there's the horizontal, which is the yi between the hun and the po. And the hun and the po, they're like the physical manifestations of the shen and the je, really. One is Hun, which is like the Shen, and the other one was Po, which wants to be like Jing and Je. Do you see what I mean? So that's why you've got 10 of them. You know, there's three Hun, heaven, earth, and man, and there's seven Po, which is much more to do with, you know, my physicality, something like that. Okay. So is, is this why, or does this in some way touch on or illuminate that there's a thing, when I've traveled, I've had a thing I'm going to call a traveler's luck. I decide I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to go do something. And along the way, you meet troubles, of course, because that's life. But you also meet extraordinary help along the way, right? Or you begin something new, and there's a thing, and we have a word for it in English, beginner's luck, right? And the universe is like, oh, you're putting your attention on this. Oh, you want to do this. Let me show you what's possible. Bing. And it's like you're really good at it. Well, you get a glimpse of where you can go, and then it goes away. Because you actually have to do it. You know, you have to walk that journey. You have to remain aligned. I think you have to remain aligned in some way. But I think you also get a glimpse. I, my suspicion is the universe, for lack of a better word, when we have that, like, I'm going to do this. Not because, you know, it's like I want a million dollars or something. But it, when we are in alignment, when the juror in the... In, in the E, in the Shen, are in alignment, it's like things will respond here in this turbid world. You have a little bit of synchronicity, someone shows up, things happen that otherwise wouldn't happen. Yes, yes. 100%. Okay. I, right. I mean, I have, you know, I've got three children and one of my children, he's, uh, he's a funny, he's a very strange chap. But um, I always thought that, you know, like the, the heavens smile on him. He is one of those people where everything, even when he's in a total mess, things just seem to unfold in the most amazing way for him, you know, really easily. And he is the only one that is most in tune with himself. You know, he, he, he'll come into himself and he'll think, oh, how does my body feel about this? How does my, instead of thinking, I'm just going to overrule this and do this anyway, because my mind knows what I need to do. He goes into himself and goes, well, what does my body say I want to do? And he follows that. And uh, it seems to work really amazingly. There it is. Yep. Mm. Yep. Beautiful. Okay. 
one more thing. I want to come back to this Earth way Yang Sha. On Earth, Yang kills. This kills thing, I don't quite grasp it. How's this fit? Earth kills in stores. Can you help me think about this a bit? Because I'm Yang kills in yeah. stores. Yeah. To be honest, I'm not sure. I I'm really not sure. My mind is thinking about I'm considering the whole kind of seasonal cycle of events. Mm. And I'm thinking that when you look at the, if you look at the, the, the young seasons, which are some spring and summer, then um, the only way that that works is that once you have flourished as much as you can, then things have to die off. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at the yin seasons, what happens there is that that's all about storage. And what you're actually doing is you're storing the young for the next cycle. For the next cycle. So I'm wondering whether it might be something like that. You know, and I wonder whether, you know, the thing about the, oh, my God, young kills. It's it's not really, you know, kills as of it's killing us off, but more that this is a cyclical movement yes. and we have to go through these processes, something like that, you know? I think you're right. I think you're right. And it, thank you for joining me in this moment of... Not sure what that means. Let's puzzle on this. This is this is like the coolest part of learning when we're right at the edge. So, like, what the hell does that mean? It's like, well, yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe it's this because it doesn't say death. No, it doesn't, it doesn't say, say death. Sir, but but here's what it says in the first part: Yang creates. Yeah. In heaven, Yang creates. On earth, yeah. Yang brings to an end. Yeah. Every cycle of creation is also. A moment of destruction. Exactly. So there we are. That takes us back to Judeo-Christian fear. You know, it's like, oh my God, it talks about death. It talks about killing. Right. You know, but actually, you know, this is this is a cyclical. That uh, that's a fundamental thing is we're constantly looking at cyclical movements. Yes. And you know, we can't suddenly get into a thing where we go, oh, I'm not going to look at that bit. I'm only going to look at this. I only want to look at what's good and beautiful in life. Well, I'm sorry. Life's not like that. Doesn't you know, that there's way. also the shitty, dirty, horrible things. That's the way it goes. You know, you have full moon, you have new moon, you have winter, you have summer, you have life, you have death. Yes. That's the way it is. That is what life on Earth's about. And the yin stores the yang. It the yang goes out and flourishes, and then you bring it in. Yes, of course. That's you know. Otherwise, we can't have a new cycle. No new cycle unless we store it. Okay, beautiful. And that you know that is mirrored by that thing that I just said is that how can we have Ming Men? Ming Men is stored within the yin of the body, within the water of the body. Cycles and cycles and cycles. Yeah, it's 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 tricky for us Westerners with our linear salvational thinking to embody the sense of cycliality, I'm going to call it. It's, re- it, it, it's tricky. I, I mean, we can do it. One of the beautiful things about practicing Chinese medicine is it's an opportunity to embody that cyclical flow that is always here, but our Western consciousness has a little little oil and water thing going on with it. But, you know, we think about it and we stick with it and we practice and we see 
the reality of it and, and how our patients respond to the work that we do. And, you know, maybe we understand it just a little bit more. Here's hoping. Yeah, here's hoping. All right. Well, that pretty much covers the the questions and thoughts that I had from uh, from your last presentation on the uh, heavenly stems. So, so thank you. Oh, you are welcome. So Maybe we'll have another one when you come up with a whole load of questions after the next one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I suspect as I see how this unfolds in my clinical work, especially as I uh, put my attention and focus on on the Yun movements. Uh, yes, I, I will have both some questions and maybe some insights to share. Yeah, I'll look forward to that. Yeah, me too. All right, Deborah. Thank you so much for this delightful conversation. You are welcome. Well, that might have not been an easy listen, and perhaps you had to rewind a few times to be able to stick with the conversation. I'm so appreciative that Deborah took the time to help me puzzle through the heavenly stems. I certainly don't understand it completely, but I'm rather used to that with Chinese medicine, especially when I'm at my growing edge of taking on something new. We talk about how Chinese medicine is thousands of years old, but Understanding it as the ancients did. I suspect that might be out of our grasp. We can't even understand aspects of our own culture from as little as 50 years ago. But getting a glimpse of the source code, which I suspect the stems and branches are part of, that might give us the possibility of applying fundamental principles in our modern clinics. It might help us to better understand our own unfolding in this moment of time and hopefully aid us in being of assistance to others. I'm particularly excited to explore in my practice how using both the yang and the yin of the ke cycle might inform my clinical gaze and treatment. And I learned this too. Be careful not to mix up phase and organ. I know that for myself. Often enough, I say lung when I actually mean metal. It's kind of a mental shorthand that I've noticed many of us doing. We mix up the yin organ of a phase and allow that to represent the phase itself. I think it might be kind of a laxity in thinking, and it will cause problems because organs are an aspect of the phase, or yun for that matter. And so if you use the term lung and metal interchangeably, then you can quickly instill some confusion into your thinking, as these are different logical types. I know that I've made this mistake. All right, friends, that is probably more than enough for one day. I hope that you've enjoyed this conversation and found it worth the time that you spent on it. The entire series of Deborah's three introductory talks on the heavenly stems and the earthly branches, it's available over on the website, along with a couple of other podcasts with her, so do check those out if you're interested. And remember to tune in again next week for another curiosity-filled geological conversation on medicine.
Thanks so much for joining us for this conversation today. Geological is here every Tuesday morning with the invitation to wonder often, listen, learn. Subscribe to Geological wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Did you find today's conversation to spark something in you or provide you with an insight that you'll be taking into clinic? Share your insights with your friends on Instagram and hashtag us at Geological Podcast. And check out our Geological Live offerings to go deeper into the conversations we have with some of the guests who have been on the podcast. Well, friends, that pretty much winds it up for today. Do tune in again next week for another Geologically Inquisitive Conversation on Medicine.